Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're on from 1 to 4 now, and you can do the podcast at the iHeartRadio app after 4 o'clock. John and Ken uh, on demand. We were just given a heads up that there's another news conference coming at 2.30 from the L.A. County Sheriff's Department over what happened late Saturday night in Monterey Park. This, of course, um, a mass shooting. The death toll is now 11 people. That was also an update in the last couple of hours. An 11th person has passed away. And you talk about out of the profile, a 72-year-old man is the mass shooter. The median age over the past six decades is supposedly 32. Is this the oldest mass shooter in uh, history? I did not look that part that 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 part of it up. I can't remember an older guy. It's got to be pretty close to that. And of course, when the news of this first came out, right away some people jumped to hate crime. Oh, all every Democratic politician that yeah, had, even uh, a couple of news stations I was watching, they even brought on their hate experts. Yeah, right. Media. But, the, you know. the woke media and the woke politicians, they all jumped to hate crime. Nobody wanted to wait. They, 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 nobody wanted to wait five minutes to see that it was uh, a guy maybe angry with an ex-wife. It wasn't that, that long be before they put out the word that it was an Asian male they were looking for. Who can tran his name? And then, of course, you know, by now he ended up near me in Torrance. <laughs> I'm like, what was he doing down here? When they boxed in his van in a parking lot not far from the Delamo Mall, and uh, he had shot himself to death when they finally broke in to that van. So Steve Gregory, of course, covering this. I heard him shouting out questions 
at press conferences yesterday. Yes, he was. It. Yes, I was, and getting into I trouble. heard you. That's exactly when I tuned in. I said right away, I know whose voice that is. Yes. Steve was a little impatient for a information. Impatient for information. That's yeah. Yeah, well, you story know. of my life. <laughs> so Steve is here with uh, everything else we can learn about yeah. this uh, horrible shooting. And it's interesting that you guys, you know, you started right on the shoot by how people jumped to the conclusion that this was a hate crime. And uh, and you're right. I mean, people right out of the shoot were starting to label this thing as a hate crime. I got the call at 3 o'clock yesterday morning. I got there on scene just before 4 a.m., and by 8 a.m., it was already a narrative. And I remember the first official press conference, uh, Hilda Solis, county supervisor, had come out and started making this sort of long speech about hate crimes and that these hate crimes have to stop mm. and sort of implied that this was a hate crime. Now, there was absolutely no evidence to this point that that was a hate crime. It could have been a gang shooting because we were operating on that theory as well because um, this could have been the way it happened and the amount of people involved. We were thinking it could have been a gang retaliation until we started to hear word. Um, I was getting it from sources pretty quickly on uh, that they were looking for a man in his 70s, an Asian man in his 70s. Now, we weren't able to go on the air with that because I couldn't corroborate it. But then when we found out that the witnesses were starting to describe the people inside the dance club as being in their 60s and 70s, then we were probably thinking that was not a gang hit. Um, but that seemed very disturbing in itself. You don't really hear about these mass shootings um, involving people that age. No, when you hear about it happening at night, you're thinking it's like a young person's exactly. dance club. And I heard it was a dance studio. That's what I thought at first. Right. And I heard ballroom dancing. Right. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. That's and, not a young crowd. No, and, and in that particular community and culture, that's a very popular event. That's a very popular regular event and social event. And... Then, you know, after the shooting happened on Saturday night, minutes later, this uh, Hu Can Tran had taken off over to Alhambra and walked into another dance hall over there. And as he, you know, raised his gun and started to enter the ballroom, a young man there uh, basically attacked him and was able to get the gun away from him. And then uh, Tran took off. And then, as we know, hours later, he was found in torrents inside a white van. So... Obviously, the, 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 all the talk now is motive. Uh, it's uh, There are theories now about how he had been in those clubs before. He was a dance instructor, according to a neighbor. Uh, he lived in a trailer by himself in Hemet. Um, there's been no definitive information about whether or not he had a wife, had been married, was dating somebody. There was no I indication officially from official sources that that was the case. A lot of speculation by bystanders and people that were at the party that night or at the dance that night. So um, we've not uh, been able to independently confirm it. Now, this update coming up in a little bit, we're not sure whether that's going to be about uh, identifying the victims, those that had been shot and killed, or if this is going to be more about the suspect himself. There, are, I think there are two names that have been released as far as victims right. are concerned. Or was that in addition to the, the man that owned the dance studio? His name came out quickly uh, later yesterday. Uh, he he passed away, and apparently he tried to intervene. Right. I'm guessing he may have recognized who as uh, being there before. And you're right. Everybody is scrambling now for motive. And did you guys see the video of him being disarmed at the club yeah. in Alhambra? That's pretty wild. Yeah, it is. And this then, old guy with the beanie fighting away there. He's got the little winter beanie on. Yeah, and, and he had that away. winter beanie on, beanie on all the way up till the point he, that he shot and killed himself yesterday in the white van.
Yeah, and sadly, when I heard this yesterday, and they had no idea what was going on, I said, all right, well, you disarmed him. Why didn't you detain him? Because when he ran off, I said, you know, you let him get away. Who knows what he's going to do next? But they did not know he'd already shot up the no, other club. No, right? not at all. And, and yeah, and, and, this is one of those situations. And you guys were talking also that you hadn't heard about an older person uh, shooting up a place. Now, you remember he had the church shooter in Orange County. Oh, that's right. And he was a little older. Yeah. And the, the Vegas shooter. Vegas shooter 66. I thought of him. I just thought this guy may have been the oldest at Possibly, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, this is very unusual. All around, very unusual. It doesn't fit any kind of a model. That's for sure. Right. Um, and I mean, if it, you know, there's only a few categories of what make people go crazy like this, especially late in life. And that's why I think this idea that there was a wife, an ex-wife, some kind of jealousy, well, some kind of uh, uh, snub that he wasn't invited to the party there. Right. Says, you know, because there's there's all these news stories in front of me from various sources hinted all this. But like you said, there's no official explanation, no. but it's sources. It's somebody saying somebody told me. Right. And uh, there, there's nothing for sure. But all the rumors are in that realm of. Yeah. And they're also going jealousy, down broken relationship mentally ill because supposedly he filed a police report in Hemet that his family was trying to poison him some right. years ago. He yeah. started to get these paranoid feelings. There's other reports that he thought they were saying evil things about him at this dance studio, and he was headed there for yeah, some type yeah. of revenge on that basis. So too. this was not something that he, this was not a sudden trigger. Something that, you know, this sounds like that he had issues for quite some time. Yeah. And, and he picked the Lunar New Year celebration, I guess, as a way to really make his mark. Uh, yeah, I mean, presumably, people. unless, again, um, there was a specific reason in, in whether he was thinking that he wanted to do the most possible harm with the least amount of effort. Uh, that's usually what I'm told by psychologists, police psychologists, that that's how they think sometimes, that, that a shooter wants to go in and do the most possible damage and cause the most grief with the least, least amount of effort. Mm. And right. You can shoot 20 people in less than yeah. a minute. And so in him, in him choosing that location, it does sound like at the, on the, at the very least that there was a connection of some kind between that first dance club and him. Whether he was a teacher at that dance club, whether he had friends that went to that dance club, but there is some sort of a connection to him. And the second dance club in Alhambra that he tried to... What, it's possible. He was also there. I've heard reports that he'd also frequented that place. Right, but. and that's what I'm saying. So there, so I think investigators are going to start to have a better profile on this guy, and they're going to be able to piece this together in a way that they may not have all the answers, but they're going to certainly have more answers than we have now. Do we know if he had any business in Torrance? No. That that one's again uh there yeah, he just wandered there any, it seems yeah yeah and and he was it was the sharp eyes of uh Torrance police officers that spotted the van and the and license plate and they didn't and I I know that they didn't catch him the first time because the license plate was stolen so it didn't match the plate they were looking for and then when they realized that that was a stolen plate then they were able to catch back up with him now, was there a chase, or did he just end no. up stopping in that parking lot and they boxed him no, in? No, the way that way it was told to me by a very reliable source is that when that police officers came in and then they they followed him into a parking lot, so they presumed that he was aware that he was being followed, that he pulled into that parking lot and abruptly stopped 
And then officers waited for a second, called it in, and they got out and slowly approached the van. And as they slowly approached, they saw a puff of smoke come out of the window. Oh, that's And they heard the gunshot, and they realized he'd shot himself. Yeah, I saw there was a bullet hole, it looked like, Mm -hmm. in the driver's side glass. Yeah. And you see, later on, they brought in all sorts of explosives experts. Right. There was, what, some rumor that he was uh, experienced with explosives or something? Well, the the reason they do, they, they would have done that anyway, because you had a panel van with no windows, so yeah. they had absolutely no idea what was in that van or whether or not there was another shooter in there. They didn't know if, if at this point they thought there would, might have been just a lone gunman, if you will. But in this particular case, they didn't know what they were dealing with. And they had to operate with an abundance of caution. So they had to bring in bomb squad. They had to bring in uh, they had those two major big uh, tank those bear cars. Yeah. Bear those, and they, they boxed him in from yeah. the front and back so he couldn't get away. And here's the thing. I love how some of the other uh, outlets were reporting a standoff. There was no standoff. The man was dead. Uh, right. The man was already slumped over and dead over the steering wheel. There was no standoff. To you could clearly on. see that. I mean, they were taking helicopter shots, but I wasn't yeah, quite sure but if that, I could see if, into the... To John's point. There, they, there, was they, a, there was a side photo on uh, the LA Times pretty early. You could see him slumped right. over the wheel. And, and, the, and the first Bearcat went right up to the front. Yeah. And they wow. looked in and saw it. Uh, so they knew, they. I mean, the, the guys on the ground knew what they were dealing with already, but... Uh, you know, these are the you know the same people that report all kinds of stuff. You know, they just report it all as fact. <laughs> yeah. So. All right, Steve, but not you, right? Well, no, I I piss everyone off apparently. So yeah. Well, what were you in the front row there at some oh, of those I'm news always conferences? In the front row. I yes. sit down there, and I'm telling you, those guys. Every time I show up, they just sit there and they just shake their head because they don't know what I'm going to do next. Yeah. Mm. Well, good. Good thing Barbara Ferrer wasn't there. <laughs> you you still have the spirit of KFI. <laughs> yeah, All right. that old spirit. Huh? Yeah, Steve, yeah. thanks a lot. Thanks, guys. Steve Gregory has been covering, of course, the Monterey Park mass shooting since it unfolded late Saturday night uh, with an update. Again, there'll be a news conference at 2.30 that KFI will carry from the Sheriff's Department, uh, L.A. County Sheriff's at Monterey Park. More coming up. Oh, I guess a keyword, right? It's coming up next. A chance to win money. KFI AM 640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. All right, again, there'll be another news conference at 2.30. You'll hear it on KFI from the LA County Sheriff's Department about the Monterey Park mass shooting, which has now claimed the lives of 11 people. There was another life lost in the last few hours. Uh, This gunman, of course, went to two dance studios. Uh, the first one in Monterey Park is where he got to open fire and actually get away and killed all those people. He made his way to a second dance studio about two miles away in Alhambra. This is the Lai Lai Ballroom and Studio. And apparently they did have a special dance going on. Again, uh, Sunday began the Lunar New Year. So a lot of people are out celebrating, especially in those neighborhoods of uh, Monterey Park and Alhambra. So he went to that place to probably try to kill more people. Sometimes it just takes a lot of luck to have the right person in the right place who decides to do the right thing. And his name is Brandon Say, T-S-A-Y. His family owns that studio in Alhambra. He works at the ticket office. And um, I guess things were just getting going. But when he heard the front door close, uh, he heard the metal of the gun clinking. And he just knew something wasn't right. Good Morning America scored the interview. Let's listen to part of it. Well, it was Chinese New Year's. We were hosting a social dance party. Uh, I was in the lobby. Uh, It was late into the evening. Most of our customers already left. Uh, I wasn't paying attention to the front door. I was looking into the dance ballroom, the dance floor. And uh, this is when I heard the sound of the front door creaking closing. And Instantly followed by 
the sound of a metal object clinking together as if they were rubbing, that's when I turned around and saw that there was an Asian man holding a gun. My first thoughts was and did you I was going to die here. This was it. Did you but recognize him at then, all? No, I did not recognize him. This was somebody I have never seen before. It, he didn't seem like he was here for any money. He wasn't here to rob us. When he was uh, looking around the room, it seemed like he was looking for targets, people to harm. This is when he started uh, prepping the weapon and something came over me. I, I realized I needed to get the weapon away from him. I needed to take this weapon, disarm him, or else everybody would have died. Um, so when, when I got the courage, I, I lunged at him with both my hands, grabbed the weapon, and we had a struggle. We struggled into the lobby, trying to get this gun away from each other. He was hitting me across the face, bashing the back of my head. I, I, I was trying to use my elbows to separate the gun away from him, creating some distance. Finally, at one point, I was able to pull the gun away from him, shove him aside, create some distance, point the gun at him, intimidate him, shout at him and say, get the hell out of here, I'll shoot, get away, go. And at this point, I thought he would run away, but he, he was just standing there contemplating whether to fight or to run away. I really thought I would have to shoot him if he came at me. This is when he turned around and walked out the door, dropped back to his van. I immediately called police with the gun still in my hand. Uh, it's a remarkable story, although that last part, uh, when I first heard it, I was like, like a raccoon that's in your garbage can. Get out! Go away! Leave here! <laughs> like you're shooing away a right. pesty animal, yeah. right? <laughs> Instead of a guy that wanted to kill a bunch of people. It was just an odd reaction. But clearly, uh, this man was operating off of adrenaline and just jumped into action. Oh, he uh, probably could have saved dozens of lives there. Absolutely. I mean, even if it's Plus, an old guy with a shaky hand just trying to shoot people, when you're shooting with this kind of weapon, you he, can just hit people left and right. Also, you he don't, said a lot of people were leaving for the night, so I don't know how many people were still around. He but. doesn't know uh, if, if he was coming in to shoot everyone up or if he's just a weird homeless person. Or, or a weird robber. So, like, I, I, if if he if he knew that he had just shot twenty people, he might have uh, pinned him down to the ground and aimed the gun at him until the police came. But what but he did do was give weirdos. police that that cargo van description, which yeah. got them started. And then maybe somebody must have, uh, from the first shooting, recognized this guy because he'd been there. He supposedly was a teacher there. It's a years ago, and of course, Steve said it's not confirmed yet. But you know, there are reports that this man met a woman at the Monterey Park dance studio and eventually married her, not for long. They were divorced. That was years ago. But there were some <laughs> that think he was going there looking for her. Well, there's a, uh, the Monterey Park mayor, Henry Lowe, went on NBC and said that my understanding is that he may have come because his ex-wife was reveling, celebrating the Lunar New Year, and it sounded like there was a history of domestic violence uh, Tran filed for divorce in 2005. Uh, NBC has tried to contact who they believe is the ex-wife, but so far, no. Yeah. And, and no word if she would have been a victim or if, even if she was really there. 
Yeah, I think one member of the media talked to her and she said he was not violent, but he had a temper. And uh, meaning that maybe she wasn't violent with him, but he did have a temper and he could go off. But what I saw in other stories was uh, he was heading down real paranoid mental illness row with thinking everybody was out to get him. People were saying evil things about him. And of course, that story, living in a a senior mobile home community in Hammett, Mm. uh, (laughs) that story that his family was trying to poison him. So that's that's where paranoia enters the equation. Uh, do we know anything about where he got these guns? Has he had these guns a long time? Or I haven't seen any stories on that yet. It kind of, you know, I always, I always don't think it matters. It, it's easy to buy a gun. It's easy to steal a gun. It's easy to alter a gun. You know, yeah. It's an anything goes country when it comes to guns. So it sounds like yeah. he must have planned this because they're saying that van had stolen license plates. Yeah. So that yeah. sounds like he was working on a plan that even if he gets away, they'll trace a different vehicle. But, yeah, um, I don't, I don't, I don't think it was spontaneous in the moment, as something that was building up inside him. No, when he picked the, the lunar year, the lunar New Year celebrations, there'd be you know, a lot of people have, gathering in this I, community. I've had a total mental breakdown that was building up over time, and finally he had enough of everything, and uh, was going to take everybody out and take himself out, and that's what he did. Yeah, and again, we're just beginning to learn the names of some of the victims, and they are older people. A lot of people in their 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. They say even some people in their 90s would go to this club. Uh, We understand that the news conference has already slid to 3 o'clock, but we'll bring you any updates on the Monterey Park mass shooting when we get them. Well, I hope they, you know, if they're going to have the press conference, they give out a lot of information. Because that that was the thing Steve was squawking at them about. You know, because because the press conference, we talked about this for years, all the officials come and they thank one another and they thank one another and then they thank each other again. And then they tell you what they can't say instead of just coming out and telling you what they can say and getting it over in 30 seconds. And it, it's frustrating to cover. And it's, you know, it's not fair to the public. It's not fair to everybody's time in the media. Who, who try but to the cover good news is things. the reporters can hammer them with the questions. And if they don't want to answer them, they don't have to. But at least they put it out there but to you, see if they can get anything. Get rid of the round of thank yous. That's a crusade we're never going to get off of. Um, it isn't, because it's their chance with a lot of cameras and microphones in front of them to really say, hey, we're great. Steve's uh, right. They're wrong. All right, more coming up. Johnny Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. We're now heard from 1 to 4 p.m. here on KFI. Uh, reminder that if you cannot listen to the show live, it's easy to pick up the podcast at KFIAM640.com. It's posted right up there not long after we finish at 4 or, of course, the iHeartRadio app. Our guest at 2.05 will be Rachel. That's all we're calling her by. She was on our show last year to talk about almost being killed by a young driver who apparently didn't care when he came down this street in Venice, neighborhood of Los Angeles. She was out there walking her infant son in a stroller, and this guy just veered into him. And she ended up toppling over the windshield. Fortunately, neither she nor the son seriously hurt but of course what followed was an ordeal with the la county system of justice led by george gascon the da who gave that driver because he was 15 at the time a really really light punishment basically summer camp well the update is he's dead he apparently was from palmdale and he was killed in a shooting recently now i think 17 years old yeah we'll talk to rachel about this and we believe she left Los Angeles, too. We'll also see if we can confirm that. So she'll be our guest at 205. A reminder that uh, the Monterey Park mass shooting updates will come constantly on KFI. 
Steve Gregory, our reporter, all over it. There is a news conference scheduled for 3 o'clock. The only updates we have today in the last couple of hours, the death toll has reached 11 in the shooting in Monterey Park. Well, John, you have an opportunity to once again do some civic duty. I think iHeart has a community service day that you can take. Mm. So I've what never... I'm asking you to do is be part of because it, it well, it starts tomorrow night. The homeless count. <laughs> the Los Angeles <laughs> Homeless Services Agency, LASA, really awful, uh, is assembling volunteer teams to go out at uh, night beginning tomorrow. It's in the San Fernando and San Gabriel Valleys tomorrow. East and West L.A. generally counted on Wednesday, January 25th. So maybe you want to be a part of that and get to your neighborhood. Yeah, I cannot think of a bigger waste of time than counting homeless bodies for LASA. Can you imagine something more pointless, more fruitless? And at night. You at can't night. even see. It's less sure. safe. And I don't really know why you'd want to do this at night. Look, but they the, think that's because they've hunkered down and you can find them. I think otherwise they're wandering during the day. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't care. No, what's the purpose of it? There's no purpose because... Uh, well, they want to put out a number so they get money. They're getting money so, anyway. They're getting many billions of dollars, no matter what the number is. But and whoever about, provides the money the, wants to know, what are we dealing with now? 10,000 homeless or 100,000 homeless? What, so, what does it matter? There's, because they won't give you the money unless you give well, them something. That's a stupid rule. Bureaucrats we, want we, stats. We, we shouldn't give them the money because it doesn't do any good. Well, it's not we. It's people like Newsom well, and the federal I, government. What, and my point is, is that whether we give them a little money or a lot of money, the homelessness goes up. Whether we count it right or wrong or don't count it, the homelessness goes up. The amount of money we spend and whether we get an accurate count has no bearing on the situation in the streets because people are coming from all 50 states here to live. And, and they're not stopped by how much money we give to the system. And they're not stopped by whether we're counting properly or not. Yeah. Well, you another, know, I, another I, I, outfit I, I, declared last week that that stat is wrong, that all the, most of the people they talked to became homeless in LA. That, that's that is true. a lie that they're all coming that, from out of state. I, you know my, yeah, I know. But you know why? They be, fell into homelessness be, in LA because they realized that the fact that these are out of towners, builds public hostility to these programs and public hostility yes. to the homeless. Because if it's really people in the neighborhood, you know, normally that would be something the local church would take care of, right? right. That's what that's in, 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 in the old days when life was normal, you had a handful of people who have trouble and then, and the, and the church handles those things or maybe some other, you know, private organizations. But now this is just wholesale chaos and it's because they take trains and buses and planes here, uh, or they drive here, and they they set up uh, set up camp, because they know uh, you know it's it's there, there's no rules. Well, the other thing about this, which we touched on a few months ago, sometimes they're dead wrong. Remember that entire tract in Venice that everyone knew had a big encampment had a zero on the yeah, Lhasa right. homeless I camp. Know. Remember that story? I know. And then and you everyone have... was like, "Are you kidding me?" And you know what that is about? That's Bonin and Garcetti making a phone call and. And they said, make that number disappear, and then we'll just blame it on some uh, on the app uh, being on the fritz. That's what yeah. that is. I mean, it's basic stuff. When, you, when you're a politician and there's something that's really embarrassing, really bad news, you make it go away. You create some nonsense uh, excuse for it, and uh, you know the progressives write your lie in a big headline. That's how yeah, the game is played. Apparently, the story says it is HUD. 
The U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development requires a count be conducted in the last days of January well, every year. But they don't need an accurate count. They just need a count. Yo, it's not accurate. And, 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 and it looks like they're way short of volunteers because they're in the 3,000s. Yeah. And I think they wanted seven or 8,000. Oh, counters? Counters, yeah. yeah. And no, why would you volunteer? I mean, maybe if you and your friends, you know, were doing it as a goof. But, I mean, I mean, I just can't imagine a bigger waste of time. And this is really what's wrong with the stupid government. Where instead of counting, why don't you just go and force these people indoors? Do what, you, whatever they did in Venice the other day to clear out the crowd near that bridge home. Do that. If that's a real story and that really worked, then keep doing that. Yeah, if that sticks. If that sticks. I, I'm still safe. You're not dealing with their dysfunctions. It ain't going to stick. They're eventually going to say, ah, I don't want to stay in this hotel right. room anymore. Well, that's what we're, that's what we're going to track. But the thing is, I don't think Bon and Garcetti were even bothering to try to get him off the street even for a week. Yeah. Oh, but you were right. They wanted 8,000 people, but now they're only going to get 3,000, and their mm. goal their goal is to get 5,000 volunteers. So there's still time for you to sign up. No, don't volunteer. Stay home. Well, you, you're just going to end up getting stabbed. You want to get stabbed because you're <laughs> counting the homeless? All right, we got more coming up. John and Ken, KFI AM640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. We're going to talk to the mother of a young son who was almost mowed down and killed in Venice by a then 15-year-old driver who was already on probation because he tried to poison a high school girl's drink. This was a seriously troubled person. George Gascon gave him very light treatment, even though he sideswiped Rachel, and she was with a stroller, and fortunately she didn't get seriously hurt. But uh, there is some justice in the universe. Uh, he got uh, very little time from Gascon as far as punishment when this happened. Uh, went to basically a summer camp. Well, the update is that we now know his name, Christopher Baca. He's now 17, and he's dead. He was fatally shot on a driveway up in Palmdale. Uh, we don't know a lot about what happened there, but we'll talk to Rachel, who has left Los Angeles after the news at 2 o'clock. <clears throat> well, we can now say it appears that the fad is officially dead. And I want to say, before we even get into this story, we are not picking on the vegan she is not a supporter of the fake meat thank you all right because john goes after her and she has yes. no interest in this stuff but we all know about the impossible burger and beyond meat and it looks like a long story in bloomberg they are absolutely fading away they think they'll be a niche they were supposed to be a game changer in the world of alternatives to people eating meat it was all hype but that is all hype, and people are moving away from it. Uh, their, their, their sales, stock prices have plunged. Uh, supermarket sales of refrigerated plant-based meat have plummeted 14% in just the last and year. And you know why? It tastes like garbage. That's why. And I love it. It's later on in this story. There's one woman who thought she was going to change her health. She goes to her doctor. The results don't change. And he looked at her and said, well, you're eating processed food. That's not good. What I've read, and that's what it is—the the way they put this together. Well, what I've read with these 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 fake food substitutes—that's all the rage. It's got enormous amounts of of butter and sugar in it in order to make it palatable. None of this tastes good. And and I remember when I bought bought into bit into one of these fake burgers when we went to Bruno's for Katarina's Club. The first bite, it felt okay. 
like the texture, I guess, was a good recreation. But then all of a sudden, this terrible aftertaste. Yeah, there's something that because, sets in, right? Because as, as you bite in, the, the juices were released from this. And if they grill it, burger. it's got a grilled taste. So that kind of throws you off right, originally. Right. But when you bite into it, uh, as your teeth hit, it releases the juices from these fake ingredients. And the juices are disgusting, right? Because it's all, I don't know, pea juice or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, one uses soy, one uses mashed okay, peas. Yeah, that's right. I got soy juice, mashed pea juice. But there's, there's so beet said, juice in there to make it bloody. Right, right. And it's all for the texture and the look, but the taste, horrific. <laughs> I have an alternative for you. An alternative? No, to seriously, for people who don't want to eat the fake meat. When I was in Cabo, I actually had a fried avocado burger and okay. it was amazing no seriously because the, the can we turn her off the no more with the avocados no but listen it, it was thick. you're gonna turn into one and it it, it, it was very isn't that satisfying. why you had that lime green fluorescent pantsuit <laughs> yeah, yeah, because exactly. you've become an avocado yeah you've become but i like a human that avocado. suit um so anyway it's it's, it's gross tasting is what it is uh, my favorite part of the story, impossible, was the brainchild of a Stanford University biochemist. Uh, he realized that he made a big breakthrough that a molecule called heme, H-E-M-E, was the key to meat's meatiness. He made heme with genetically modified yeast, patented the use of what the company called the magic ingredient. You wonder what the magic ingredient is? Soy leg hemoglobin. Boy, that's really appealing, isn't it? That's your magic ingredient in the Impossible Burger, soy leg hemoglobin. You know, that sounds like some component of blood or something. It, it, it does. Like they've, It's horrible. They put the blood through a chemical process. I had one. I went to Carl's and had whatever they were selling. I think it was uh, beyond meat. And I just I ate it once and said, mm, it's average, but there's nothing special about it. So uh, uh, They hired Kim Kardashian beyond meat. <laughs> They Bill Gates was excited about this, that, too. Bill Gates was really worked up over this. But Kardashian was going to be the chief taste consultant. You could make your own joke for this. Uh, but then they noticed that she didn't seem to be actually eating the burger in a commercial. And so Kardashian had to release footage showing that later on she had swallowed the food. Oh. Uh, but in on the commercials, she didn't actually do that. No. Because, again, all this stuff tastes terrible. But I understand from, boy, you could make a good amount of money for a while, right? This is a great market to get into because there's so many foolish people jumping on a trend. You know, some of them are like, oh, I can't kill any more cows. And others just think, oh, well, this is the cool thing to do. All my friends are doing it. Yeah, you know, let's have Impossible Burgers and Beyond Beat Burgers. And then you try it once, twice, three times. like, wow, this is foul. This is this is you know it's it's got the consistency of sewage. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah, the ingredients was just a mashup of a whole bunch of uh, processed foods, things to give it color, things you know, to so try to imitate the taste of there, meat. There is no reason to replace meat. People who like meat are going to buy meat until doomsday. If you don't like it, then go eat something else. You but can make a lentil burger if you feel like you want a bun and the lettuce and the tomato and the onions and. And the mustard or ketchup, you, you can do that. Bang my head against the window. Yes, yes, I know you can do that, but that, that that's all tastes terrible. No, that doesn't taste terrible. It's oh. just lentils and, and maybe some Can we some shut peas, the vegan window? Something like that. Not the, not the, <laughs> this cashier is closed. The fake stuff. 
She's like those people who ring your doorbell. I'm trying to share. You know? I'm just trying they, to they, share what I have found. They have religious pamphlets. No, I'm not to... trying to convert anybody. I'm just saying if you don't want the fake meat, that's an alternative. You don't have to do it. All right. No skin off my back. Well, now they were moving towards fake sausages. Oh, boy. Uh, it's, it's a horrible, horrible fad. All right. When we come back, our guest will be Rachel. She was on our show uh, last year to talk about her ordeal where a uh, teenage driver looked like he was coming right after her and her son out for a walk in a Venice neighborhood. And uh, after this guy was caught, it was light punishment from George Gascon, the L.A. County D.A., which really got Rachel concerned. He got like time at a summer camp. Well, the update, uh, tragically, is that he has been killed. He's now a 17-year-old and was killed in Palmdale. Johnny Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. And Deborah Mark, live the 24-hour KFI newsroom. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This message comes from Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at viking.com. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.